This can't go on by Holden Karnofsky. Welcome to the Nonlinear Library, where we use text-to-speech software to convert the best writing from the rationalist and EA communities into audio. This is, This Can't Go On, published by Holden Karnofsky on the Effective Altruism Forum. Audio version available at Cold Takes, or Search Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts, etc. for Cold Takes Audio. This piece starts to make the case that we live in a remarkable century, not just a remarkable era. Previous pieces in the series talked about the strange future that could be ahead of us eventually, maybe 100 years, maybe 100,000. Summary of this piece. We're used to the world economy growing a few percent per year. This has been the case for many generations. However, this is a very unusual situation. Zooming out to all of history, we see that growth has been accelerating, that it's near its historical high point, and that it's faster than it can be for all that much longer. There aren't enough atoms in the galaxy to sustain this rate of growth for even another 10,000 years. The world can't just keep growing at this rate indefinitely. We should be ready for other possibilities, stagnation, growth slows or ends, explosion, growth accelerates even more, before hitting its limits, and collapse, some disaster levels the economy. The times we live in are unusual and unstable. We shouldn't be surprised if something wacky happens, like an explosion in economic and scientific progress, leading to technological maturity. In fact, such an explosion would arguably be right on trend. For as long as any of us can remember, the world economy has grown one a few percent per year, on average. Some years see more or less growth than other years, but growth is pretty steady overall. I'll call this the business as usual world. In business as usual, the world is constantly changing, and the change is noticeable, but it's not overwhelming or impossible to keep up with. There is a constant stream of new opportunities and new challenges, but if you want to take a few extra years to adapt to them while you mostly do things the way you were doing them before, you can usually, personally, get away with that. In terms of day-to-day life, 2019 was pretty similar to 2018, noticeably but not hugely different from 2010, and hugely but not crazily different from 1980.4. If this sounds right to you, and you're used to it, and you picture the future being like this as well, then you live in the business-as-usual headspace. When you think about the past and the future, you're probably thinking about something kind of like this. Business as usual. I live in a different headspace, one with a more turbulent past and a more uncertain future. I'll call it the this can't go on headspace. Here's my version of the chart. This can't go on. Which chart is the right one? Well, they're using exactly the same historical data, it's just that the business as usual chart starts in 1950, whereas this can't go on starts all the way back in 5000 BC. This can't go on is the whole story, business as usual is a tiny slice of it. Growing at a few percent a year is what we're all used to. But in full historical context, growing at a few percent a year is crazy. It's the part where the blue line goes near vertical. This growth has gone on for longer than any of us can remember, but that isn't very long in the scheme of things, just a couple hundred years, out of thousands of years of human civilization. It's a huge acceleration, and it can't go on all that much longer. I'll flesh out it can't go on all that much longer below. The first chart suggests regularity and predictability. The second suggests volatility and dramatically different possible futures. One possible future is stagnation, we'll reach the economy's maximum size and growth will essentially stop. We'll all be concerned with how to divide up the resources we have, and the days of a growing pie and a dynamic economy will be over forever. Another is explosion, growth will accelerate further, to the point where the world economy is doubling every year, or week, or hour. A duplicator-like technology, such as digital people or, as I'll discuss in future pieces, advanced AI, could drive growth like this. If this happens, 
everything will be changing far faster than humans can process it. Another is collapse, a global catastrophe will bring civilization to its knees, or wipe out humanity entirely, and will never reach today's level of growth again. Or maybe something else will happen. Why can't this go on? A good starting point would be this analysis from overcoming bias, which I'll give my own version of here. Let's say the world economy is currently getting 2% bigger each year.5 This implies that the economy would be doubling in size about every 35 years.6. If this holds up, then 8,200 years from now, the economy would be about 31,070 times its current size. There are likely fewer than 1,070 atoms in our galaxy, seven which we would not be able to travel beyond within the 8,200 year time frame.8. So if the economy were 31,070 times as big as today's, and could only make use of 1,070, or fewer, atoms, we'd need to be sustaining multiple economies as big as today's entire world economy per atom. 8,200 years might sound like a while, but it's far less time than humans have been around. In fact, it's less time than human, agriculture-based, civilization has been around. Is it imaginable that we could develop the technology to support multiple equivalents of today's entire civilization, per atom available? Sure, but this would require a radical degree of transformation of our lives and societies, far beyond how much change we've seen over the course of human history to date. And I wouldn't exactly bet that this is how things are going to go over the next several thousand years. It seems much more likely that we will run out of new scientific insights, technological innovations, and resources, and the regime of getting richer by a few percent a year will come to an end. After all, this regime is only a couple hundred years old. This post does a similar analysis looking at energy rather than economics. It projects that the limits come even sooner. It assumes 2.3% annual growth in energy consumption, less than the historical rate for the USA since the 1600s, and estimates this would use up as much energy as is produced by all the stars in our galaxy within 2,500 years.9. Explosion and collapse. So one possible future is stagnation, growth gradually slows over time, and we eventually end up in a no-growth economy. But I don't think that's the most likely future. The chart above doesn't show growth slowing down, it shows it accelerating dramatically. What would we expect if we simply projected that same acceleration forward? Modeling the human trajectory, by Open Philanthropies David Rudman, tries to answer exactly this question, by fitting a curve to the pattern of past economic growth. Ten, its extrapolation implies infinite growth this century. Infinite growth is a mathematical abstraction, but you could read it as meaning, we'll see the fastest growth possible before we hit the limits. In the duplicator, I summarize a broader discussion of this possibility. The upshot is that a growth explosion could be possible, if we had the technology to copy human minds, or something else that fulfills the same effective purpose, such as digital people or advanced enough AI. In a growth explosion, the annual growth rate could hit 100%, the world economy doubling in size every year, which could go on for at most 250 years before we hit the kinds of limits discussed above.11 or we could see even faster growth, we might see the world economy double in size every month, which we could sustain for at most 20 years before hitting the limits 12, or faster. That would be a wild ride, blindingly fast growth, perhaps driven by AIs producing output beyond what we humans could meaningfully track, quickly approaching the limits of what's possible, at which point growth would have to slow. In addition to stagnation or explosive growth, there's a third possibility, collapse. A global catastrophe could cut civilization down to a state where it never regains today's level of growth. Human extinction would be an extreme version of such a collapse. This future isn't suggested by the charts, but we know it's possible. As Toby Ord's The Precipice argues, asteroids and other natural risks don't seem likely to bring this about, 
but there are a few risks that seem serious and very hard to quantify, climate change, nuclear war, particularly nuclear winter, pandemics, particularly if advances in biology lead to nasty bioweapons, and risks from advanced AI. With these three possibilities in mind, stagnation, explosion and collapse. We live in one of the, two, fastest growth centuries in all of history so far. The 20th and 21st. It seems likely that this will at least be one of the 80 fastest growing centuries of all time.13. If the right technology comes along and drives explosive growth, it could be the number one fastest growing century of all time, by a lot. If things go badly enough, it could be our last century. So it seems like this is a quite remarkable century, with some chance of being the most remarkable. This is all based on pretty basic observations, not detailed reasoning about AI, which I will get to in future pieces. Scientific and technological advancement. It's hard to make a simple chart of how fast science and technology are advancing, the same way we can make a chart for economic growth. But I think that if we could, it would present a broadly similar picture as the economic growth chart. A fun book I recommend is Asimov's Chronology of Science and Discovery. It goes through the most important inventions and discoveries in human history, in chronological order. The first few entries include stone tools, fire, religion and art, the final pages include Halley's Comet and warm superconductivity. An interesting fact about this book is that 553 out of its 654 pages take place after the year 1500, even though it starts in the year 4 million BC. I predict other books of this type will show a similar pattern, 14 and I believe there were, in fact, more scientific and technological advances in the last 500 years than the previous several million.15. In a previous piece, I argued that the most significant events in history seem to be clustered around the time we live in, illustrated with this timeline. That was looking at billions of years time frames. If we zoom into thousands of years, though, we see something similar, the biggest scientific and technological advances are clustered very close in time to now. To illustrate this, here's a timeline focused on transportation and energy, I think I could have picked just about any category and gotten a similar picture. So as with economic growth, the rate of scientific and technological advancement is extremely fast compared to most of history. As with economic growth, presumably there are limits at some point to how advanced technology can become. And as with economic growth, from here scientific and technological advancement could stagnate, as some are concerned is happening. Explode, if some technology were developed that dramatically increased the number of minds, people, or digital people, or advanced AIs, pushing forward scientific and technological development.16. Collapse due to some global catastrophe. Neglected possibilities. I think there should be some people in the world who inhabit the business-as-usual headspace, thinking about how to make the world better if we basically assume a stable, regular background rate of economic growth for the foreseeable future. And some people should inhabit the this-can't-go-on headspace, thinking about the ramifications of stagnation, explosion or collapse, and whether our actions could change which of those happens. But today, it seems like things are far out of balance, with almost all news and analysis living in the business-as-usual headspace. One metaphor for my headspace is that it feels as though the world is a set of people on a plane blasting down the runway. We're going much faster than normal, and there isn't enough runway to do this much longer, and we're accelerating. And every time I read commentary on what's going on in the world, People are discussing how to arrange your seatbelt as comfortably as possible given that wearing one is part of life, or saying how the best moments in life are sitting with your family and watching the white lines whooshing by, or arguing about whose fault it is that there's a background roar making it hard to hear each other. If I were in this situation, and I didn't know what was next, liftoff, I wouldn't necessarily get it right, but I hope I'd at least be thinking, this situation seems kind of crazy, 
and unusual, and temporary. We're either going to speed up even more, or come to a stop, or something else weird is going to happen. Thanks to Maria Gutierrez Rojas for the graphics in this piece, and Ludwig Schubert for an earlier timeline graphic that this piece's timeline graphic is based on. If you have no idea what that means, try my short economic growth explainer, leftwards arrow with hook. Global real growth has generally ranged from slightly negative to 7% per year, leftwards arrow with hook. Footnote deleted, leftwards arrow with hook. I'm skipping over 2020 here since it was unusually different from past years, due to the global pandemic and other things, leftwards arrow with hook. This refers to real GDP growth, adjusted for inflation. 2% is lower than the current world growth figure, and using the world growth figure would make my point stronger. But I think that 2% is a decent guess for frontier growth, growth occurring in the already most developed economies, as opposed to total world growth, which includes catch-up growth, previously poor countries growing rapidly, such as China today. To check my 2% guess, I downloaded this US data and looked at the annualized growth rate between 2000 to 2020, 2010 to 2020, and 2015 to 2020, all using July since July was the latest 2020 point. These were 2.5%, 2.2% and 2.05% respectively, leftwards arrow with hook. 2% growth over 35 years is, 1 plus 2% 35 equals 2x growth, leftwards arrow with hook. Wikipedia's highest listed estimate for the Milky Way's mass is 4.510 to the power of 12 solar masses, each of which is about 210 to the power of 30 kg, each of which is estimated as the equivalent of about 1.6710 to the power of minus 27 hydrogen atoms. 4.510 to the power of 12 210 to the power of 30, 1.6710 to the power of minus 27 equals 5.410 to the power of 69 dot, leftwards arrow with hook. Wikipedia, in March 2019, astronomers reported that the mass of the Milky Way galaxy is 1.5 trillion solar masses within a radius of about 129,000 light-years. I'm assuming we can't travel more than 129,000 light-years in the next 8,200 years, because this would require far faster than light travel, leftwards arrow with hook. This calculation isn't presented straightforwardly in the post. The key lines are no matter what the technology, a sustained 2.3% energy growth rate would require us to produce as much energy as the entire Sun within 1,400 years and the Milky Way galaxy hosts about 100 billion stars. Lots of energy just spewing into space, there for the taking. Recall that each factor of 10 takes us 100 years down the road. 100 billion is 11 factors of 10, so 1,100 additional years 1,400 plus 1,100 equals 2,500, the figure I cite. This relies on the assumption that the average star in our galaxy offers about as much energy as the sun, I don't know whether that's the case, leftwards arrow with hook. There is an open debate on whether modeling the human trajectory is fitting the right sort of shape to past historical data. I discuss how the debate could change my conclusions here, leftwards arrow with hook. 250 doublings would be a growth factor of about 1.810 to the power of 75, over 10,000 times the number of atoms in our galaxy, leftwards arrow with hook. 20 years would be 240 months, so if each one saw a doubling in the world economy, that would be a growth factor of about 1.810 to the power of 72, over 100 times the number of atoms in our galaxy, leftwards arrow with hook. That's because of the above observation that today's growth rate can't last for more than another 8,200 years, 82 centuries, or so. So the only way we could have more than 82 more centuries with growth equal to today's is if we also have a lot of centuries with negative growth, all of the zigzag dotted line and then this can't go on chart, leftwards arrow with hook. 
this dataset assigns significance to historical figures based on how much they are covered in reference works. It has over 10x as many science entries after 1500 as before, the dataset starts in 800 BC. I don't endorse the book that this dataset is from, as I think it draws many unwarranted conclusions from the data, here I am simply supporting my claim that most reference works will disproportionately cover years after 1500, leftwards arrow with hook. To be fair, reference works like this may be biased toward the recent past. But I think the big picture impression they give on this point is accurate nonetheless. Really supporting this claim would be beyond the scope of this post, but the evidence I would point to is, uh, the works I'm referencing, I think if you read or skim them yourselves you'll probably come out with a similar impression. B. The fact that economic growth shows a similar pattern, although the explosion starts more recently, I think it makes intuitive sense that economic growth would follow scientific progress with a lag, leftwards arrow with hook. The papers cited in the duplicator on this point specifically model an explosion in innovation as part of the dynamic driving explosive economic growth. Thanks for listening to help us out with the nonlinear library or to learn more, please visit nonlinear.org.